Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to the latest edition of Outsports Podcast. This is a Jim Bazinski, and our podcast is sponsored by AT&T, Mobilizing Your World. I believe we have uh, Sid, you on the line yet? I sure am. You are? Okay. I saw a different phone number than normal. Well, that's because I'm in Toronto, and so I'm calling using Skype, since, so I don't have an oh, $800 phone charge when I get home. Thought Canada calls from T-Mobile were included in our plan. What? Get out yeah, I think of here. You, I thought you can call. Well, or maybe that's my landline. Whatever, I'm confused. But <laughs> either way, you're here, and uh, we'll get to it in a second. We have a guest on hold. We'll get to him in a second. Um, we're talking God today. A lot of religion. You just posted a great article about a pro bowler, Anthony Pepe, who said. God made me a beautiful, respectful, genuine gay man. We had another story. We'll talk about that. We had another story this week, uh, a sad story about a young athlete who wanted to come out that you wrote about that we can talk about, but who didn't because he's uh, going to a Christian school and his parents were afraid he'd have a scholarship yanked. Um, So religion is really big in the news, and it's also big because in about five days the Supreme Court will be discussing same-sex marriage uh, and pa- on, on en route to maybe making a final ruling. <clears throat> and on the line with us now, we have someone who is an openly gay married Division One athlete at the University of Oklahoma. His name is Tanner Williams, and Tanner wrote for us this week about um, his marriage to his husband. They celebrate a year anniversary in June, um, growing up Southern Baptist. So we're going to talk to Tanner about all this and, and marriage and gay and Oklahoma and everything. And Tanner, are you on the line? Yes, sir, I am. Oh, great. The whole thing works. So this is Jim and with Sid. Um, welcome to the welcome to the podcast. Um, so what's been the reaction since you, you wrote uh, for us on Tuesday about how you came out on Facebook a year ago announcing the engagement to your husband, Scott, and you guys went to New Mexico to get a marriage license that you could not get it in Oklahoma at the time, and um, you celebrate a year anniversary. Um, tell us about the reaction, especially from the team. You said the team was giving you some ribbing on it. Yeah, I mean, uh, the reaction overall has been pretty positive, especially with the coaching staff, which I was kind of surprised. But for the most part, everybody's been really supportive about it. I've been getting a lot of text messages, like well over 50 emails from a bunch of different people. But – yeah, for the there was a part in there about uh, me and my husband drinking jalapeno margaritas when we were in New Mexico when we were getting married. This was before. This was yeah. This was right before when we got into New Mexico, and one of my coaches came up to me. Actually, the head coach came up to me and was like, "You know, I loved your article, but there is one part in there I didn't agree with." And this is in the middle of practice, and I'm sitting there on the runway getting ready to do a jump, and he's sitting there, and he's like, can you tell me which which part of that article that I didn't like? And I'm sitting there, I'm like, what are you talking about? I wrote the thing. I don't know what you're talking about. It's all pretty positive. And he was like, well, I mean, drinking, we don't really condone that. And he was kind of joking, but he was kind of serious at the same time, which I understand because we don't want to 
encourage other people to start drinking and think that it's okay. But, yeah, that's pretty much how it's been with them. But everybody else has been really positive about it and really supportive. Well, they don't they don't condone drinking at all? I mean, they, they, they tell you not to drink any alcohol or just not during the season? Well, we have a well, – we don't really have an alcohol policy as a team. But, I mean, they don't want you drinking because it, it does affect your athletic performance. So, I mean, that's basically the only thing that he was confronting me about, which is kind of funny, but eh, I got married. What do you expect? I thought he was more bothered by the fact that you drank jalapeno margaritas. <laughs> hey, they were really good. I don't know what he was talking about. Well, how how old were you when you got married? Well, let's just say I'm 21 now. <laughs> okay, all right. Now, see, now they're talking problems. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm I'm of age now, but then I mean, just a couple of jalapeno margaritas, not a big deal. And you were on your honeymoon, so we'll... yeah, I feel like I deserved it. So tell us more about. I mean, you know, I want to, I want to hear about your your team, but I also want to hear about your your marriage. I mean, we just don't hear about many gay men the age of. 21 or less who are getting married. How, how did you guys meet? How long ago? And, and just kind of tell our listeners the story of your relationship. Cause I think that's is, I'm, a lot of ways more interesting than you being an athlete. Well, we did, we did meet at a football game on September 7th of 2013 against West Virginia at OU's Memorial stadium here. And then we, like, it was just kind of, we hit it off really well. I mean, we're a lot alike, but we're a lot different at the same time. So we don't, like, butt heads or anything like that. But, I mean, he is older than I am by nine years, almost ten. But, uh, yeah, our relationship from the beginning was really positive and really, like, we were really supportive of one another and we were supportive of where we were in each other's lives. He understood that I was an athlete. He understood that literally track takes up most of my time because it's like working a full-time job going to school and being an athlete and i mean he does work he's in the car business so he works a lot of hours too so i mean it's not we spend a lot of time together but we don't spend too much time together which i think is really helpful but for the team it was really weird because i kept it to myself obviously because i wasn't really out of the closet then so i mean i I kept it to myself for, wow, let's see, eight months, nine months. And then finally, like, we had talked about it, and then he finally just, we just decided that we were going to get married. And we were both kind of kind of leery about coming out to, well, he's in the car business, and people there are a little bit more aggressive personality-wise. And then the track team and any athlete can tell you this. It just seems as if if you come out, you're going to be considered, like, less of an athlete or less of a person. And when we both came out, it was scary. It was really scary. And since we did it over Facebook, it was almost like we didn't want to confront anybody, but we wanted everybody to know at the same time. So when we did it, everybody thought it was kind of a joke, you know? And then I was getting calls and text messages saying that, is this real or are you just playing a joke on us? And I was like, no, this is this is the real deal. Like, it's going to happen. And then it just, like, spread like wildfire to – not only just the coaches, not, not only just the athletes, but to the coaching staff and athletic department. And, I mean, there were negative people. They were just like, oh, this is, he's too young. Why are you getting married now? And then they're like, then I still felt like people weren't really 
serious, like thinking serious of this, you know. They didn't think that two men getting married was a serious thing. And to me and to my husband now, we both believe that anybody can believe. Our marriage is just as valid and just as important as anybody else's marriage. And getting that across to people was really difficult at first. But now, like now, people, there are still some people that are kind of leery about it. They don't agree with it. And they'll tell you to your face that they don't agree with it. And I'm just sitting there like, yeah, I understand. I believe, I like, I respect your beliefs, but if you're negative about it, I'm not going to respect you as a person if you're negative and trying to bring people down about it. But for the most part, everybody was kind of leery at first. And then now they're just really supportive of it. Well, and you also did it in a, in a state that <laughs> is maybe the most conservative in the country in many ways. I think <laughs> Oklahoma had the highest, maybe the highest vote against gay marriage in any of the states. And, and, and you come from a Southern Baptist background. Can you talk about the religious aspect and how that's been both a struggle for you and, and sort of a salvation? Yeah, being in Oklahoma has been pretty weird, pretty tough. Um, the majority of the voters here are older and very conservative and very, they just are very stuck to the Bible. But they can be pretty hypocritical at the same time. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's been difficult keeping my religion where it is right now. Like, I, for a while there, I was just like, what am I doing? Like, why can I not just go to church and be comfortable with it? Or why can't I just talk to people like who are religious people and be comfortable talking about my marriage with them? And then you, and then it's just, they go off the votes from back in 2004 where they voted against uh, same-sex marriage in Oklahoma. And then they keep that. Like that was over 10 years ago. Like when was the last poll that you took in Oklahoma where people disagree with it? I mean, you've got the, the older people, I don't want to name any names, but they're like conversion therapy. Like, who? That's not cool. And then you've got somebody. Well, right now it's about to go to the governor, a bill that they passed to the House and the Senate, to where um, the marriage can only be uh, the marriage license could only be issued from the clergy, and not by any kind of state issued license, which is insane. But for the most part, I know a lot of people who are still who can still get married from um, uh, pastors or priests or whatever they want to get married from. So it's like these bills that they're throwing out there are they're pointless because it's still gonna they're still gonna get around it. They're still trying to fight against it when the majority of people actually agree with it now than they did in the past. And what I do every single day is just try to try to help people realize that we are not like gay being gay is not an identity it's just part of who we are and it's it's a great part of who we are like i feel lucky being gay i just posted that on twitter not too long ago i just you know, i feel lucky in being a gay man because i feel like i am more true to myself and to the people around me than even straight conservative people are and you know it's it's liberating it's really liberating but it's still tough to try to get people to understand that, and especially being in Oklahoma when you've got a governor who's really against it. And I know that she's going to sign off on this bill, which I wish she wouldn't, but, you know, I can't do anything about it. But, yeah, it's 
my religion here is it's better now than it ever has been because now I can tell people and people know that I feel that God created me to be this way. It's not just something, it's not just a choice that I had. A lot of people ask me about, you know, reconciling religion and, and, and homosexuality. Is it something that you struggled with as a kid, you know, being, being a Christian and, and reading some of the passages of the Bible? How did, how did you get past all of that? Well, I did a lot more research about this kind of stuff. You know, and just with any religion or any denomination in the church, in Christian church or anywhere, everybody has their own view of the Bible. Everybody has their own, their own interpretation of it. So when people read Leviticus, the, whole, uh, the holiness code, you know, they, they don't read the whole thing. They just read one scripture out of it. If a man lies with a man as he does with a woman, it is an abomination. He should be killed. No. I mean, that was written. That, it's also, I don't, I don't know if you guys, like, have read as much as, of it as I have into it, but it's like later on down the road it says you shall not eat shellfish or you shall not wear cotton with linen or you shall not be with a woman during her menstrual cycle. It's all the same thing, but they focus on one thing, and then they throw it in everybody's faces and trying to get people to agree with them. But then when I read through it, and then I do all my research with the Pope, not the Pope, the bishop, that, the uh, gay bishop that got married, I read part of his book, and it opened up my eyes to a different view. Like, I can't just let people put me down or anyone put me down at that fact when they don't really read the whole thing either. They don't look into it. They just assume things because they, like, for being, when you're born, you're not, you're not born hate, hateful. You're not born racist or anything. You're taught that kind of stuff. So if you, if you change people's views of that, they'll, they won't raise their kids that way. And yeah, that's, that's how I got through it. I mean, it was really difficult especially me being in the closet, not being able to talk to anybody about it. I had to get, do a lot of stuff, a lot of soul searching on my own. And it's been, it was, it was really tough, really tough. But the more I grew up and the more that I matured and the more I thought about it, the more I studied it, it's just, you, you can't just assume the Bible says one thing and then say another. You've got to be pretty knowledgeable in what it is and, back when the people wrote this, it was not it was not seen as natural to them. But that was 2,000 years ago, or however long it was ago. You can't just, like, you can't live off of their stories. You have to create your own. And you have to still conform to what um, what God says. But I don't remember reading anything in red where it was such an important deal with Jesus saying that oh, we should make sure marriage is with a man and a woman. I don't remember reading that. I mean, polygamy was a thing. How's that any different? Interracial yeah, marriage was... That. I always talk about how there's... How the, if you read the right, the words in red, Jesus never talked about this. Exactly. Exactly. Not one time. Well, yeah, well and, and back to the secular for a second. Um, you... you you're part of a group at Oklahoma called uh, that Oklahoma Sooner Allies. Yes. 
And can you talk about that and talk about how your being gay has sort of influenced that group? Well, our university, even though what happened with the SAE incident, we are not really just what people saw from that fraternity has been stuff that that fraternity has been doing for 150 years. It's not new to them, so, but it's new to our our community, as in, like as a university. We may look like a big university, but we're smaller than, say, Arizona State or Texas. We have a lot lower amount of undergraduate students. But as a community, everybody seems to be pretty supportive of one another. We have a lot of uh, other groups for African Americans. Uh, then we have, like, Indian Night and... We're a big Native American school as well. So it's like we have a big, diverse group of people, and Sooner Ally started as just a university-wide thing. And when I came out and I got married, they started doing a Sooner Ally for the athletic department. And basically what a Sooner Ally is is people who are for same-sex marriage or against it, you can go to and learn so much more. It's like a training almost. You spend a couple of hours there and you learn how to handle gay people or how to handle uh, lesbians or bisexuals or transgenders. You you learn how to handle them. And then you're one of those people that those the LGBT people can go and talk to and trust. And then they put stickers up supporting it everywhere. Like when you walk into the track, we have an equipment room that has all of our shoes and all of our gear that we wear and all of that and like right as you walk in there's a sticker that's a sooner ally and the guy there his name's david little john he is the equipment manager for football and all that he drives the semi that carries all the equipment to the football game and he has become one of my best friends because he is one of the only people that i could have talked to before coming out to everyone and he was great and it's just people like that that can that can help us be who we want to be and be who we are and be true to ourselves. And that's what Sooner Ally is all about, and I absolutely love that they're doing that at the university. It's great. So the equipment guy, would you have maybe uh, stereotyped him because of the semi in his job as someone who maybe before you knew him would not have been tolerant? Uh, when I was a freshman, I used to be really scared of him because he's like, he likes to to pick on people, but not like in a bad way. He just is like, when somebody walks in, uh, can I can I have this or can I have that? He'd always be like, no, but never laugh or smile and then look at one of the other employees that he has, make him go get something. But then as the more I came in there and more I got to know him, he is just, he's a great guy and everybody loves him. But as a freshman, it would have seemed as if that was uh, a scary person, but he's great now knowing him. So it was just because of the the sticker that you saw that that you approached him? I mean, why him? There must have been a lot of other people you could have talked to. Um, I guess the more I talked to him, the more stories he's told me. And he told me he's just married to his job. He loves what he does. And he's very passionate about what he does. And the more I talked to him and the more that I've talked to other people, I began to trust him more than them. And I, that's all about what it, that's all about what Sooner Ally is. You want somebody that you can go to and trust, and he is a great person for that. There are other people that I could have talked to. Like we have a 
a psychological resources place called Pros, and that's for they're basically just like therapists that you can go in and talk to. And yeah, I can, I went and talked to them too, but you don't get the same thing out of it because they're like they're required to make you feel good, make you feel good about yourself. <laughs> but then you've got people like David, and he is just he's a normal person. He's uh, he's created a life for himself. He's very happy with who he is, and he's you can just trust him, and he'll he'll talk to you for hours and hours if you want to sit there and talk to you or talk to him. It's just he's just he was just an easy person for me to connect with. Circling back to your team, have been have you had a single negative response from your team, from your teammates, and and what have those looked like? Um, well, if 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 I go back to when I just came out, there were a few people that I was a little bit nervous about uh, telling or confronting them about it. Not necessarily confronting them about it, but being around them after they knew about it because it did spread really quickly. Everybody already knew by the time I got to the practice that day, and that was only a couple of hours after I posted it. But there has literally been not one single person there that was negative they were all supportive even like as i wrote in the the article i actually came up to one of the guys that i thought would be bullying would be kind of a bully personality to me like pick on me for being gay he actually was the one who came up and gave me a hug and congratulated me for it he said he's proud of me and he respects me for me coming out to everyone the way that i did it was he said it took guts it took courage and he said, I respect you for that. And now people trust me more than they did before, and they consider me to be like more of a team leader, which I love because now I can be like not only for talk for the LGBT community, I can do I can make actions for it. I can like prove to people. And then it's just there there literally has not been one single person on the team that has been negative about it. Any any teasing in the locker room over it? No, not not even not even a little bit. Not even fun teasing. No. Well, that's too bad. Everybody res- everybody everybody respects me for because they know. Well, they know that I'm I'm not a bad person. Before I wasn't like I wasn't the kind of person to cause any trouble. I was one of the nicest people. I'm still one of the nicest people. Well, I hope they think that at least, but I'm still one of the nicest people that I can be. And people already liked me before. And it's like, you know, when people get to know me as who I am as a person, my sexuality doesn't make any difference. It shouldn't make any difference. They they do. They respect it. They don't, they don't joke with it. Every now and then everybody will, not everybody, but there'll be a few people that slip out the word, oh, that's gay but then they'll be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I did not. I'm like, it's okay. Like, you know, that word is bad. I mean, you can't, gay and and stupid aren't interchangeable. So, I mean, people will learn, but they do mess up. They do slip up, but they apologize for it. They're very, very respectful. Now, one thing about your sport, you are the, the craziest, athlete. I mean, the pole vault is the craziest sport to do. Can you tell us how you got involved in pole vaulting where you have to vault yourself, in your case, 17 feet, one inch, and then hope you don't fall and break your back? (laughs) Well, I can actually tell you this now, but 
I actually have two stress fractures or four stress fractures in my L5 and L3. And um, well, what got me started into it, when I was in sixth grade, this is when I started to be depressed. And I knew who I was, but I couldn't tell anyone about it. And I was just upset. And everything in the world, like, everything was just bad, you know. But um, when I started, I, I've always ran track. I ran track when I was in third grade. I used to be a hurdler. I used to love the hurdles. And then one day, one of my coaches came up to me. Uh, Jerry Naylor, my well, he was my high school coach as well, but he came up to me and was like, hey, I want you to try pole vaulting. I'm like, why? Like, why do you want me to try that? And I hated it. I hated it so much for two years. But then I began to love it, and I began to be more confident and because I began became good at it. And then people started noticing me. I wasn't just this little shy boy that they picked on in the corner because I didn't talk and they just assumed that I was gay, which in fact I was, but I never said anything. They just said, Oh, you're a little, you're gay or you're a fag or all this stuff. And but pole vaulting, I, when I started getting into pole vaulting, I started becoming more confident in who I was and I started to come out of my shell a little bit more. And then I found God and God, I, God was the person I could lean my shoulder, lean my head on his shoulder. Pole vaulting was me being able to, just express myself as an individual and it just grew and grew and grew and now I'm at OU I'm at a division one I'm top five in the big 12 top 50 in the nation it's 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 a it's just it was just a crazy ride coming up to it but it's it's fun it hurts it has hurt a lot going up in the it's like I'm actually are you competing this season with the stress fractures yeah, I'm finishing the season. I'm doing a lot of physical therapy to try to keep me to get it. Like, I'm picking and choosing which track meets I, I can go to. Like, right now, they're all at the pin relays, and I was just like, I'm not going to travel 13 hours and hurt my back sitting on a plane and a bus and then going and competing 13 hours back. No, I, I just, no, I can't do that. So, yeah, I'm just trying to finish the season. And you were in L.A. before you knew either of us uh, a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, I uh, competed at UCLA. It was fun. I've never been to that part of California. I mean, we went to San Francisco last year, or not San Francisco, we went to Berkeley, which is in San Francisco. But, yeah, we went there last year. But, man, <laughs> L.A. is a really nice place where we went to Santa Monica and all that to go to the beach. And it was it was nice. I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, we wish we had heard of you beforehand. We would have loved both of you loved to have met you, gone and watch you, watch you uh, pole vault. Yeah, see what I do best. It's fine. I would have liked to meet you guys, too. Well, Tanner, we are running out of time. This is time has flown by. It's been great talking to you. Um, what's what's next for you after? Oh, you have another year, right? Yeah, I have one more year, and then then I'm out into the real world working. Well, Tanner, thank you so much for joining us. It's been, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And, um and best of luck the rest of the season. Stay healthy. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I know you're doing a video for us, so we look forward to that when it comes out. Yes, sir. I'll get it out as soon as I can. Well, Tanner, thanks, thanks again, and have a, have, have, a great, have a great meet at the NCAAs this year. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Talk to you later. Well, that was great. Thanks for setting that up, Tim. That was cool. Good to talk to him. 
Yeah, it was, it was really, I, I thought we'd spend maybe 10, 15 minutes, and a half hour flew by. So uh, <laughs> it's always good to hear people. Yeah, just, I mean, to hear those stories, and we write about them, and it, that's why the pro bowler that came out this today, the same thing, God made me a beautiful man. I just like that idea that people are embracing, you know, I mean, I'm not religious, but people who are, they're embracing it, and they're not running away from it, and they're not, you know, and in their mind, God's supposed to be, you know, does make mistakes, and somebody said, well, then gay people aren't mistakes. Yeah, and the, and the really great thing is they're not just embracing the religion, they're not, they're not letting other people push them out of it, which I think is, you know, a, a big part of it, to see that a lot of these folks in, in Christianity really try to demonize gay people and push them out of the religion, and people like Tanner just say, nope, I'm not going. Great. Well, that's all the time we have for next week. Sid will be in Chicago. I'll be in Iowa. So we'll be doing a Midwest uh, podcast. Um, And again, this podcast was sponsored by AT&T, Mobilizing Your World. We will talk to you next week.